I'm entitled. You want answers. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. This is Larry Connors USA. Larry Connors USA. obligation is so important that Congress mandated that the FAA administrator must, quote, have experience in a field directly related to aviation. The nominee before us, Phil Washington, had a long and honorable career in the military, but he does not have any experience in aviation safety. This quite simply is a position he is not qualified for. I'm disappointed that the administration has chosen to treat a critical safety position, a position keeping our families safe. They've chosen to treat it as a patronage job. I expect we'll hear some members of this committee gloss over Mr. Washington's lack of aviation and aviation safety experience by saying he has a record of strong management of transit agencies. He understands buses, and isn't that good enough for planes? No, it's not. This is March 3rd, 2023. That is Senator Ted Cruz, Republican of Texas, questioning the Biden nominee to head up the FAA. Now, he has served, Phil Washington, the man we're talking about, has served as the chief executive of Denver International Airport for a period of time. And before that, he was heading up the L.A. Metro Transit System. Which, by the way, there are some investigations going on about improper contracting while he was leading L.A. Metro. But the key point here is, what knowledge does he have to lead the FAA? Phil Washington has said, I will bring a different and much needed set skill to the agency at a critical time. Leadership is a real thing. No, what we're having here is just exactly as Senator Cruz characterized, another woke appointment. I'm also afraid that Mr. Washington's record suggests that he'd focus on virtue signaling at a time when the FAA needs to be laser-focused on aviation safety and modernization. As L.A. Metro CEO, he said, quote, everything we do in terms of mobility, we look through the lens of equity. At the Denver airport, he's spending millions of dollars to build a special, quote, hall of equity and change the contract bidding process to place a heavier emphasis on so-called equity and so-called social cultural merits. Safety, not political posturing, needs to be paramount at the FAA. Yes, next time you're flying a commercial airliner, aren't you glad to know that the FAA might be all more concerned about diversity than the safety of the plane. We'll see if that ends up getting passed through by this Congress. The Senate does control, and it does the decision on any appointees. But there are some Democrats who also are not buying into Phil Washington. Now, another story that we want to revisit for you, and that is, again, this Hunter Biden, Joe Biden connection. We told you about this arrest the other day, Gal Luft who is a member of an energy agency working out of D.C. He has been absolutely against Joe Biden and what he's been doing. Gal Luft is also an author, energy security diplomatic expert. He got arrested the other day 
on an arrest warrant from Interpol accusing him of basically running guns. Maria Bartiroma read the quote that he put out and wanted a response from Congressman Comer. I've been arrested in Cyprus on a politically motivated extradition request by the United States. The U.S. is claiming I'm an arms dealer. The DOJ is trying to bury me to protect Joe, Jim, and Hunter Biden. Shall I name names, he tweeted out. Congressman, what do you know about this? Well, we're reaching out to him. We're trying to communicate. We're setting up a call. Uh, This is something that we take very seriously. We had already identified this individual. Uh, We had uh, hoped to have talked to him by now, but for whatever reason, we were unable to. I think this was the straw that broke the camel's back. It could well be the straw that breaks the camel's back. It could break the entire Hunter Biden, Joe Biden deals wide open, gutting them, laying them out for all to see. Or then again, it may fall short. But the attorney representing Gal Luff said he has a lot to say. And if they want to accuse him of shipping weapons to China and Libya, that's a good way to shut him up. They don't want him to testify because they know this is, again, the attorney representing the Israeli professor who's been arrested and accused of shipping guns around the world. The attorney says they know, they know his testimony will shift the attention towards the president. So it would be good for him to just kind of disappear. Just disappear just disappear in fact the attorney suggests if he were in russia he might well disappear they might have carried out a diplomatic car crash but he says right now he's in a safe place where no one can hurt him and congressman comer says at every step of our investigation into the hunter biden laptop and anything associated with it every step along the way we're rebuffed by the white house And he said, those we want to talk to are getting threats. Specifically, the art dealer that's been handling Joe Biden's, or rather, Hunter Biden's artwork, which he's not publicly discussing how much money he's getting. Congress wants to ask the art dealer some questions. And Congressman Comer says, we're getting stopped again. The art dealer saying the White House is preventing him from communicating with us. Uh, all the witnesses that were involved in the Biden shady family, family business schemes with our adversaries around the world are getting letters from the Biden lawyers, uh, you know, basically telling them they don't need to cooperate with us. This is a this is an effort to try to block any meaningful investigation. And not only that, Maria, the White House every day comes and attacks me for having the nerve to try to get answers for the American people. So what are you going to do about it? We knew that you were going to get stonewalled, and you are. Will you be able to complete this investigation? Yes, we will. We've got people coming forward. Uh, I think they're, I think it's backfiring. I think the heavy-handedness of the White House is backfiring. I certainly hope it is. Coming up in this program today, another conspiracy around COVID. It's been in your face all this time. We're going to focus on it. Plus, plus... One major credit card company moving forward to start tracking anything you buy in a gun shop using that credit card. Lock and load. Ready on the right. Hundreds of homeowners and businesses had or will have water main breaks. Wellington Environmental has a warning. You can clean up the water. 
But if you're not checking areas where the water leaked in the walls where you can't see it, you could end up exposing your family, your employees, your clients to hazardous mold. Wellington Environmental reminds you, if that mold is not detected, properly treated, removed, that is a risk, a liability you do not want. Wellington clients, including hospitals and schools, trust Wellington to make their environments safe. Call 314-644-4930. 644 AAA rating with the Better Business Bureau. 314-644-4930. Wellington Environmental. Your world. Cleaner. Better. Safer. Be well with Wellington. You can text Larry right now at Larry Connors USA Facebook. Larry Connors USA Facebook. This is Larry Connors USA. Larry Connors USA. Welcome back. My guest we've had on numerous times before. He is a contributor to the Federalist, a staff writer, I should point out, for the Federalist. And uh, he raised an article based off of this new information that most of the Americans had already decided two plus years ago that the COVID virus came from Wuhan, the lab. The Chinese virus, as Trump would say it, Wuhan virus, and you had the Democrats and leftists absolutely complain all the time about it. And they said you cannot use reference to China and COVID or Wuhan. You're xenophobic. And if you dared put anything on your Facebook or your Twitter account, they would ban you or plaster it with for real COVID information. Go here. Now, as you heard Christopher Ray say the other day, and you just heard again a moment ago. We know that it came from the lab. They're not explaining how and why. They say it's classified. But state-controlled media had continued to report that story, and they probably knew and suspected the same thing. Glad to welcome Sean Fleetwood of the Federalist on board. Glad to have you with us, Sean. Glad to be back. Thank you so much for having me. Appreciate it. I'm looking at the piece you wrote, and it's you're right on point. Let me read the lead line for our audience. Democrat... Activists posing as journalists were forced to admit a hard truth millions of Americans have known for years. The outbreak of the COVID-19 virus most likely came as a result of a lab leak in China. Go ahead, sir. Yeah, I mean, for the past almost three years now, we've been told that this theory that COVID-19 leaked out of uh, the Wuhan Institute of Virology in Wuhan, China, was nothing but a debunked conspiracy theory and now all of a sudden you have all of these major federal departments like the FBI and the Energy Department coming out and admitting that that's actually the most likely scenario of how this whole global pandemic started. But as you mentioned very early on, this has nothing, been nothing more than a Democrat propaganda effort uh, coordinated among all of these vast various media outlets to discredit and smear anyone who suggested that this was even possible. Um, so Tom Cotton, senator from Arkansas, back in February when he was on Fox News throughout this theory, which was perfectly benign and innocent and saying, hey, it's not implausible that this could have leaked out of uh, the Wuhan Institute yeah, of Virology. it's a possibility. You consider it. Yeah, just, just to consider it. And the Washington Post ran this disgustingly dishonest article 
accusing him of pushing this debunked conspiracy theory. They only came out about eh, 15 months later and issued a correction on it. But even if you go and read the article now, the correction, it's just as bad. They still call it a fringe theory and acting is like, this isn't even a real possibility that this could have came from Wuhan. And, and you know what? You know how they're doing that is the Department of Energy. And I know Steve Colbert the other day. Oh, the DOE, they shouldn't have been involved. Stay in your lane. Well, they were involved because Biden said, I want all of our departments to take an assessment of it. Department of Energy included. And they said it was likely, but they have minimal confidence that it was likely that it came from there. The FBI says we have a moderate confidence it came from there. They're both hedging their bets, and that gives this state-controlled media out to say, well, you know, it's still possibly conspiracy-type theory. It's not really locked down yet. Right. I mean, and President Trump very early on was saying, hey, I'm seeing intelligence that this is certainly possible. But, of course, the media is always going to take the position that's opposite of what he says. But even over the past three years, you've had the U.S. Senate, the House of Representatives, uh, former uh, Director of National Intelligence John Ratcliffe, all come out with reports or statements saying that this is a definite possibility and actually, quite frankly, the most likely scenario. But this is something that we haven't just seen with the lab leak theory. This is something that's been applied to every aspect of the COVID pandemic. If you question the lockdowns, the mask mandates, the jab mandates, you're a conspiracy theorist. You're a deranged right winger who's spreading quote unquote dis or misinformation. Um, so this is just another example of what's really been going on over the course of the past three years. And of course, you have other scientists, and I was quoting them yesterday, former CDC director Redfield, who said this thing obviously was put into a lab and instructed or trained how to invade human ty- virus. I mean, that gets back to the whole issue of gain of function. Whether or not it was a leak or it was snuck out and got lost or it got into someone, a lot of that's still open. But it came from the lab, and you could not say that when it first broke out. Right. I mean, you were censored on Facebook, if if you dared to say that. But now you just had, just the other day, a Biden administration official, I believe it was John Kirby, who came out and basically said, oh, yeah, President Biden still supports uh, gain of function research. Um, well, that's kind of how we got here in the first place. So I'm not entirely sure how that's supposed to help the situation. Gain-of-function research is so controversial and dangerous that former President Obama halted that back in 2014. So the idea that you know we should be continuing this type of uh, dangerous and risky research is just absolutely laughable. Uh, considering what we've been through over the past uh, few years. Well, Dr. Fake, I'm sorry, my bad. Dr. Fake <laughs> Fauci says that, well, we're doing it in Virginia anyway. We're doing it in, on the state side. We're doing this kind of research, although I didn't do it at the Wuhan lab. Right, just as he's saying that his uh, Department National Institute of Allergies <laughs> and Infectious Diseases didn't approve the grant to EcoHealth Alliance to right. conduct gain-of-function research <laughs> in the Wuhan Institute of Virology. But what's really sad about this is that, you know, whether it's the lab leak or the lies about the mask mandates or any of the other mandates, is that now you have a large swath of the American public that is so, and I would say rightly, distrusting of the public health establishment. We've been fed so much BS over the past three years that now, God forbid, if we have a more serious uh, pandemic with a virus or bacteria that causes serious harm to us in the future, now you're going to have a large segment of this country that doesn't trust the people that are supposed to be telling us 
how we can protect our health. I think that's something that is extremely concerning as we go I, I agree, and it's a very real possibility. You're listening, Sean Fleetwood, staff writer for The Federalist. And, Sean, within that context again, uh, the state-controlled media, and that's what I call them now. They're not legacy media me. They're not, they're not even mainstream. They're state-controlled at this point. And they are doing the bidding of this Biden White House and the leftists every step of the way even to the extent that once word began to come out, even though the pharmaceutical companies admitting, well, yeah, the shot won't prevent you from getting it, and no, it won't prevent you from spreading it, but you should get it anyway. Right, and I think, quite frankly, that's going to be the next biggest uh, bombshell that we're going to see in the coming months and years is the lies about uh, how safe and effective these so-called vaccines were when it came to COVID. I mean, you have Joseph Legaffo, the Florida Surgeon General putting out a report at the end of last year talking about how there was an 84% increase in cardio-related deaths among 18 to 39-year-old men within 28 days of vaccination. You have multiple studies from here in the United States and across the world talking about risks uh, associated with these jabs uh, when diseases like myocarditis and pericarditis and other cardio-related health problems. I think we're barely scratching the surface when it comes to the risks of these jabs. But of course, as you said, the state-run propaganda press is not going to cover that unless they can find a way to make it politically viable for Democrats. Well, sometimes I just have to eat it, kind of like the Hunter Biden laptop, <laughs> that finally 18 months after the election, New York Times says, uh, yeah, that story that the Post put out, that was correct. <laughs> I mean, they finally just have to eat it and kind of hope you forget it. I, I'm not an anti-vaxxer. I, I got the vaccine only because I had a close relative about 10, 15 years younger than me, uh, get COVID and went dead within a, a, a week or so, and my daughters insisted I get it. So I went ahead and did it. I had no problems whatsoever. Uh, I worry about women who and trying to deal with their children if they're pregnant because nothing is proved down below five months or six months, and they're pregnant. They're carrying a child younger than that. I worry about the children, not only now, but for their offspring. You're, but, right. But you're right. I mean, who are we going to trust now, really, for the safety of our family? I, and your individual decision, I believe strongly in, but there are cases that we may never know. People died alone in the hospital. Their relatives couldn't come see them. Right, and I think your position is one that a lot of Americans, quite frankly, have found themselves in. They didn't, you know, they're not anti-vaxxers. But they have legitimate questions and concerns when it comes to these jabs and these other recommendations that were told to us by these public health officials. And I think, you know, what you pointed out the issues with regards to pregnancy. I mean, we were told that the so-called lipid nanoparticles, which were in these jabs, were supposed to stay on our arm. But now we're getting studies showing them, you know, in women's ovaries and men's testicles. So there are legitimate health concerns. When it comes to these jabs, but again, just like the COVID lab leak theory, we're not allowed to talk about it unless the government tells you that you're allowed to talk about it. You point out in the closing of this article, and folks, again, this is in the Federalist. It's a great article. It's uh, talking about how the media was uh, narrative shifting on the COVID leak theory. Just another way as to how journalism is today. And your bottom line here is that America's press is irreparably broken. Yes, I mean, you see right here with the COVID lab leak theory, uh, the Russia collusion hoax. These people literally stood in front of burning buildings during the Black Lives Matter riots and told us that these were mostly peaceful yeah. protests. 
the gaslighting and level of propaganda that they have produced over the past few years, it's just unreal. I mean, they're not even trying anymore to pretend to be objective. You know, it's one thing if you're a news outlet, you have a partisan bias and you're upfront about that, right? I actually admire that because you're being honest to your readers or viewers about what you're putting out and the angle that you're coming from. But these outlets don't do that. They, they actively go out of their way to pretend that they're objective and nonpartisan and part of the free press, but they're not any of that. And, and now they're not, like I said, they're not even pretending anymore. They're just flatly Democrat Party propagandists that are more interested in propping up their preferred uh, political candidates and politicians than they are about fulfilling their obligations and the, telling the truth. And the other issue, very quickly, is with the public, often they no longer really understood in the beginning. I, I was a news anchor on a major station for 40 years, and folks would call me about, I want to talk to you about that commentary about the train wreck. I didn't do a commentary on train wreck. Well, you know, that train wreck that happened. Oh, you're talking about the story. That's not a commentary. So the lines got blurred. <laughs> then you got CNN coming in, and and uh, Anderson Cottonmouth and Dunham and Fruitcake and the rest of them blurring the lines even more so people do not know what is fact, what's fiction, what's made up, and what's just a, your opinion. Right, and you, the Twitter files are a great example of this. I mean, there's been, there's been a complete media blackout on the Twitter files, and in the off chance that it's brought up in, in some story or another, they'll just immediately dismiss it. They won't give any sort of context. They won't give any sort of uh, legitimate inquiry into serious issues that do impact millions of Americans. And now, as a result, you have millions of Americans that are completely in the dark about certain topics and subjects that you know, their neighbors or, or fellow community members might be aware of. And I think that that's a big problem. We have such a major discrepancy in the area of public opinion now. I agree. Sean Fleetwood, thank you very much for your time. And we'll do it again. Great, excellent article, by the way. Thanks so much, Larry. God bless. You bet. God bless. God, that's Sean Fleetwood, staff writer for The Federalist. Coming up, a school board member who wants to change any history about 9-11, such as take out Muslim jihadists. Stand by. It's hard to find a car you like, but here's an easier way. AckermanToyota.com. In a flash, you're going to see new and pre-owned. You can quickly select which model you want, price, colors, options, get details on financing, lifetime oil changes, lifetime engine warranty. Just click AckermanToyota.com. AckermanToyota.com. Ackerman Toyota at Hampton, just north of Interstate 44. Ackerman Toyota for life. John Beale is a roofing company trusted all over the Midwest, but also has a national reputation. John Beale is an Owens Corning Platinum contractor. Less than 1% of roofing contractors in the nation meet that professional standard. Now that's pretty amazing. But John Beal also guarantees you the lowest price. John Beal Personal Service, always going above and beyond. Homeowner, business owner, call John Beal. 1-800-NEW-ROOF. 1-800-NEW-ROOF. Mustang Savage. Guess you better slow than Mustang down. 
This is Larry Connors USA. Larry Connors USA. Well, you want to know what all those new 87,000 new IRS agents are going to be doing? We're getting a good picture of it right now. Right in my hand, I am holding evidence of what they'll probably be doing. You want to know what it is? <laughs> Weren't you told that they're not going to be used to harass you? They're going to try to, you know, go after those who are violating laws. And normally, you know, a new hired agent, they're not going to be handling any big cases. They're certainly not going to be dealing with the big corporations because they're not that experienced. Here's probably what's going to happen. Companies like eBay and Ticketmaster are going to be facing some tax filing laws that are in effect, but yet not sure if they're going to be enforced right away because the IRS admits there's confusion. No kidding. Here's what they want to do. If you are buying or selling tickets through eBay, you may well have to report that. It's all part of the American Rescue Plan. That's right. I thought it's supposed to rescue you. It looks like it could put you in jail. I mean, if you want to sell things like clothing or concert tickets and it's over $600 in value, you might have to give your Social Security number to eBay or whoever is you might be dealing with. The IRS says, no, you don't really need to. Well, there's a the confusion again. Do we or do we not? Do you have to pay a capital gains tax on any sales worth more than $600 if you use those apps to receive a payment? Again, they're going to try to sort it out, give you more time. But here's the bottom line. Are companies asking for your Social Security number after you sold something? One person reporting, eBay prompted me to enter my Social Security number after I, quote, sold over $600 in items last month. I assume that's what they're going to use against me next year. A Ticketmaster, according to another one, made me enter my Social Security info after I resold a single concert ticket for less than I paid for it. You'll make things even more confusing. If taxpayers are selling personal items at a loss, you need to report those on one kind of IRS form. If you're selling them at a gain, they got to be reported on another IRS form. Oh, there's going to be a lot for these 87,000 new IRS agents to do if they're actually put in effect. And the cash transfer company saying, hey, we, we have to stay within the tax laws, and the sellers are the ones who are responsible for doing it. You, you, that's right, you. And on top of that, currently, online sales companies pestering customers to try to stay compliant. They're being told by the IRS, the company says it's our job. We've got to sort things out. You've got to take care of it. It's a third-party settlement. It has to be properly accounted for. Do you deal with eBay and some of these things you sell online or you buy online? You buy from someone else? You send money via PayPal to somebody? They may have to start reporting that money coming from you as income. One tech worker in New York said last year PayPal stopped allowing personal payments on accounts that are marked as business. I started getting hit with 3% fees. Then toward the end of the year, I realized they're about to send me one of those forms for all the money my friends were paying me because I picked up restaurant expenses, things like that. Hey, buddy, I don't have any cash on me. Can I just send it via PayPal or something like that to you? Oh, sure, no problem. 
Oh, there is a problem now, and it's going to get bigger. See, these 87,000 IRS agents, they're going to have to have something to do. And why not start with you? They've got a target in sight already. Senator Hawley of Missouri has a target in sight, and that would be the Attorney General Merrick Garland. And what the Attorney General, the FBI, and the DOJ, as to how they have been weaponized to carry out anything and everything against anyone who disagrees with the Biden administration. The FBI field office in Richmond on the 23rd of January of this year issued a memorandum in which they advocated for, and I quote, the exploration of new avenues for tripwire and source development against traditionalist Catholics, their, their language, including those who favor the Latin mass. Attorney General, are you cultivating sources and spies in Latin Mass parishes and other Catholic parishes around the country? The Justice Department does not do that. It does not um, um, do investigations based on religion. I saw the document you have. It's appalling. It's appalling. It's appalling. It's appalling. But if you saw that document that Senator Josh Hawley was referring to, you should have immediately issued your own statement on paper under the letterhead of the Attorney General, Merrick Mealymouth Garland, and say, that statement is appalling. But he didn't. To my knowledge, it's the first time he's ever responded to it when he's appearing in front of a committee investigating what the hell is the Department of FBI and everyone else doing, the DOJ, when it comes to being weaponized by the White House, libs, and woke culture. That again was Senator Josh Hawley from Missouri, Republican obviously, questioning the Attorney General about how some raids had been carried out, one of them involving the raid on a home of a 46-year-old father with eight children, and he was being accused of assaulting someone outside of an abortion clinic. It came down to the fact that he had somehow or another shoved or maybe he didn't even touch a 76-year-old man or so that was escorting a woman into the clinic. The man fell down. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I heard Abby better acting than soccer players. He ends up having to get a Band-Aid. So, again, Hawley says, what is going on here? This memorandum, which is supposed to be intelligent, cites extensively the Southern Poverty Law Center, which goes on to identify all of these different Catholics as being part of hate groups. Is, is this how the FBI, under your direction and leadership, is, is this how they do their intelligence work? They look, they look at left-wing advocacy groups to target Catholics? Is this what's going on? I mean, clearly it is. How is this happening? The FBI is not targeting Catholics. And, and as I've said, this is an, uh, an inappropriate memorandum, and it doesn't reflect the methods that the FBI is supposed to be using. It should not be relying on any single organization without doing its own work. Let me just ask you, as my time expires here, a very direct question. How many informants do you have in Catholic churches across America? I don't know, and I don't believe we have any informants aimed at Catholic churches. We have a rule against 
uh, investigations based on First Amendment um, activity, and uh, uh, Catholic churches are obviously uh, First Amendment activity. Well, but I don't know the specific answer to it. You, you don't know the specifics of anything, it seems, but apparently on your watch, this Justice Department is targeting Catholics, targeting people of faith specifically for their faith views. And Mr. Attorney General, I'll just say to you, it's a disgrace. It is a disgrace. And he says, I don't know. I don't know that we have any. I don't know how many we have. Anybody get a clear answer there? No, you did not get a clear answer. This is what's happening, though. This administration has been weaponizing every agency it can against you if you're not a woke person and if you are for life instead of abortion. They'll send the FBI with a SWAT team to your front door. You are listening to Larry Connors, USA. Wow, already 2023, and we're getting closer to opening Napoli Sea. Unique, exquisite, focusing on the finest, freshest seafood, lobster, crab, the best caviar, with a variety of fish specials. Napoli Sea, right next door to Napoli 3 on the streets of St. Charles. Easy to satisfy your seafood craving or the finest Italian food. Napoli Sea, coming soon. Joining Napoli 3 in St. Charles, Town and Country, and Clayton. This is Larry. Larry Connors, USA. Larry Connors, USA. All right, here it comes. We knew it was going to be happening at some point. Here's some evidence of it. Beginning next month, April 2023, Discover, Discover Card will be the first major credit card issuer to begin to track gun purchases made by cardholders. Vimo had, or rather Visa, rather, had uh, been caving to pressure from gun control groups and New York Democrats back in September. The Associated Press observed that MasterCard and other major card companies were agreeing to flag gun sales. Well, now we're seeing that the Independent Journal Review reports that Discover will be the first among the credit card companies They began to track gun sales. That will start in April. Apparently, anyone using a Discover card to make a purchase in a gun store will have that purchase tracked beginning in April, which means even if you go in to buy, oh, I don't know, I just want some paper targets, and you put them under your card, it's going to be tracked. And you must be a terrorist if you're carrying a paper target. 55 million Discover cards in use, apparently, in the U.S., and a lot of information on gun purchases will be gathered just that one company. So Discover makes a move ahead of Visa and MasterCard. And Discover says, we remain focused on continuing to protect and support lawful purchases on our network. So, hey, a word to the thugs, you thugs out there. Don't be using your Discover card to buy a gun. They're going to track it. Oh, that's right. You don't care anyway. You don't care about the laws anyway. There's your criminal element that shouldn't have guns, not law-abiding men and women. Remember our pledge, one nation under God. 